in reading that gospel passage, I was struck that the uh, line, the wind blows where it will, and boy, do we know that from Friday. Oh, my goodness. Um, I hope everybody is all right and uh, that your property's okay. That was uh, incredible, the power uh, of nature that we saw um, demonstrated on Friday. So this morning, I want to just touch on a, a, a brief portion of the gospel reading, perhaps still the most recognizable verse of Scripture for both Christians and non-believers, although the 23rd Psalm uh, might be right there with it, if not above, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, but for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. And I want to explore for a few moments and really dive into what is this love? God so loved the world, and um, you probably heard this said that that so there doesn't mean he loves it so, so much, although I think that's true, but it, he loves the world in this way. This is how God loves the world, that he gives his son uh, so that the world can be saved through him. But what is this love? And um, I think to begin with, we set a foundation from something Paul says to the Ephesians. I've always been struck by the gravity of this passage. Paul says this. He says, I pray. He's to, speaking to the Ephesian church. I pray for you that God may grant that you will be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. So love then is foundational. You're going to be rooted and grounded in love. And Paul is praying that you're going to be strengthened so that, he continues, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend which, of course, is saying that we don't have the power to comprehend. He's praying that we can begin to have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So whatever we're talking about, this thing, love, Paul in this prayer is saying, I'm praying that you even have the power to begin to deal with it. So it's not some fleeting thing. It's not... Um, a throwaway. It's not um, kind of sentimental nostalgia it, because we all have, well, most of us have the stomach for a Hallmark movie, right? That's, we don't have to pray for power to endure that kind of love, which is uh, the Hallmark kind of romance kind of love. So this love that he's talking about is something that's obviously far bigger than us and contains some real potency like this wind uh, that we experienced on Friday. So this love. Oh, uh, you know me, uh, um, I love music. So as I was thinking about this, uh, one of the modern day evangelists uh, for love uh, came immediately to mind. The power of love is a curious thing. Make one man weep, make another man sing. Change a hawk to a little white dove more than a feeling. That's the power of love. Okay, cheesy, perhaps. But he's on to something, is he not? Tougher than diamonds, rich like cream. 
Stronger and harder than a bad girl's dream. Make a bad one good, make a wrong one right. Power of love will keep you home at night. So the evangelist Huey Lewis singing about the power of love. Again, he, and we laugh, but he, he's got some insight, and he aptly named his band The News. This is the news. This is the good news, the power of love. Um, it does have the power to change things. Uh, it is uh, that thing that uh, transforms lives. Now, yes, Huey's talking about romantic love, uh, and that has power in and of itself, as well, but this love, this sacrificial love uh, that we see in Jesus Christ most aptly on the cross to give of oneself for the benefit and the thriving of others. This is a love that indeed that Paul was praying that we have the strength to deal with, to even begin to comprehend it, because it is transformative. And where I want to press into just a little bit this morning is I think if we are churchgoers or have been for any length of time, we would nod our heads at that. Yep, uh, love is transformative. But will we eat the whole enchilada of love? Do we really believe that, that it's transformative or that it just kind of has some nice potential um, so let's look into that because this, this whole story that we're caught up in, um, as Prince said, this thing called life, creation, incarnation, the story, this life that we live is all about revealing God's boundless love to the world. That's the story we've been invited into that we've been placed into, maybe more aptly. Um, this overflow of love from the Father, Son, and Spirit to set um, in place uh, a creation that can experience and participate in their love. Indiscriminate love. Uh, generous to a fault. Always pouring itself out. Extravagant. This love the intent of this love is for every single creature. As Jesus says, God, um, the Father in heaven, makes his son to, makes his son, not Jesus, his son as in the star, makes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Part of his love of creation to bless, to bless, even if we don't recognize it. And so, as we've entered into this Lenten season, often um, our darkness, our sin, our frailty, um, our mortality, our weakness comes finally into focus. And it should. We should be honest about those things. Um, we're deluding ourselves if we uh, sweep our own sin and darkness under the rug. Uh, it's, it's a very real thing. But that Darkness and our disobedience never changes the attitude or the posture of the Father towards us. Our sin cannot diminish the power of God's love. It simply doesn't have that power. We don't have the power to make God stop loving us. 
Can you hear that? You don't have the power to make God stop loving you. God is love. That's what, who God is. We don't have that power. So even as we focus on our mortality and frailty and sin during this Lenten focus, we can quickly um, step into really believing in the power of sin. We see it around us all the time. And if we're brave enough, we see it in our own lives. But we certainly see it around us. And no one would argue of that. I don't think anybody would argue that sin exists in the world. Just, you, we turn on the headlines. We read the headlines. We turn on the news. <clears throat> Whatever it may be, we know that it exists. And we're convinced of its power. But are we convinced of a power greater than that? Or do we nod about it and kind of hope that it's got some power in there? We hope that it'll kick in. Well, we do know that this love has power again on the cross. As we see Jesus who is betrayed and denied and um, crucified expressing this very love over friends and enemies alike from the cross. Forgive them, Father, they don't know what they're doing. My love for them will not stop or cease, no matter the darkness that's happening around me, no matter the darkness that's happening to me at the moment. Speaking words of mercy and forgiveness into that darkness. Well, once again, uh, you're probably ahead of me. Huey Lewis has something to say about this, doesn't he? Do you believe in love? Do you believe it's true, right? I mean, he's, he's covering every base here. First, he talks about the power of love, and then he writes another song, Do You Believe It? And again, he's talking about romantic love, but we can co-opt his verses for our own use here. I hope he wouldn't mind. Uh, do we believe it? It's the most Yes, powerful, but beautiful thing that exists is this love of God for us. And to stand as firmly as we can in the belief of the power that it will ultimately win the day even if we can't see it. And sin and darkness is screaming in our ears. And we understand its power. We feel it. We're broken by it. We're grieved by it. Well, in case Huey Lewis wasn't exactly where you were going this morning, I'll quote somebody else. Um, this is the theologian. You're more familiar than, with this guy than with Huey Lewis. is Isaac the Syrian. You all know Isaac the Syrian, also known as Isaac of Nineveh. Um, seventh century... He said, the sum of all that is, no, let me start that again. The sum of all is that God the Lord surrendered his own son to death on the cross. We're back to John 3:16, For the fervent love of creation. This was so that his surpassing love manifested there might be a teacher to us. Because if he had anything more precious, he would have given that to us so that our race might be his own. 
Again, that just that's a beautiful commentary on for God so loved the world. If God had anything more powerful uh, to give us, he would have given it then. But he gives his very life a demonstration of love to be our teacher. As we also know from God, John's gospel, to be our savior, to save the world. So I want to just wrap up again by pressing into um, do we believe it? It's interesting how many conversations I have with um, fellow Christians talking about uh, love and grace and how quickly, and I've been this way too, how quickly I can, we can step in and put qualifiers on it. Yes, God is love, but... Yes, God's love is powerful. I believe in the power of love. But, however, and we begin to qualify the potency of God's love. And yet we tend not to do that with our understanding and recognition of the darkness and sin. We kind of give it full strength. And so that's my question that I'm really wanting you to engage, not only this morning, but, but this week. Have conversations about... Do I want to pray that prayer out of Ephesians that I, my inner being has the strength to begin to understand the breadth, the height, the depth of this power of love. It's a resurrection power. It will make all things new. Everything will be consummated in this love. And so, in a darkness, again, in a, a darkness, makes me think of the band, The Darkness. Not many of y'all know them. And you're like, holy cow, I can't believe you know them. Um, this is perfect. This is Holy Spirit. I wasn't planning on that. What's the darkness most famous song? I believe in a thing called love. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Amazing guitar work in that song, too. Wow. Who knew? This is, y'all are getting a, above and beyond a sermon here. <clears throat> in a world filled with darkness, not the darkness, <laughs> in a world filled with darkness <laughs> where there is suffering and despair and death around us and we grieve, yes, we are saddened. That's a legitimate uh, thing for us to feel. We don't ignore it and just try to step into some joy of love. Uh, they're not mutually exclusive we, we grieve for the darkness in the world. But we also place our hopes in the omnipotent power of God's mercy and grace, knowing that as he treasures us, that he fondly considers us, that his love will ultimately triumph. And so as you're having these conversations... One thing I've been reminded of in the last year or so, and I'm so glad it comes back to me, it's helpful for us to have what I'd say is the long perspective. You know, I can look at, as I'm sure my parents looked at my life when I was young, and now I look at my daughter's lives, and they're in, you know, early 20s, late teens, and think, oh my Lord, where did I go wrong? Um, and wanting the best for them. And they're great kids. Don't read too much into that. Um, but really wanting them to thrive. 
and realizing my parents felt the same way about me and all the stupid things I was doing at that age. But the long perspective is it's not over. Right? There's, as I continue to walk the road, I continue to mature. Life's um, battles come to me, and hopefully in community, a community like this, we face them uh, together. Because that's what these communities are for, is encouragement and, and walking these roads together. But really having this long view that when I begin to doubt the power of love, I say, but the long perspective and the promises of God say that love never fails. Amen.